0: we've been talking about different relationships and in the first week we talked about the relationships that you have with your family and uh, then we talked about romantic relationships maybe the relationship with your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend and then um, last week uh, we uh, continued or sorry I missed one week we talked about friendship as well. Friendship then last week was family. Um, And this week is our fourth week in this series, and we're going to talk about one of the trickiest relationships that you have, and that's the people that you work with. Uh, Now, you can choose your friends, you can choose your spouse, at least initially, once you get married, you're stuck. (laughs) And then, to some extent, you can choose your job, right? You can choose your job, but you don't necessarily have a choice of everyone that you work with or even work for. And, and I want to start with the premise that you can have a healthy work environment and you can have healthy relationships at work with people that are not necessarily your favorite people in the entire world. Okay, and so that's, that's where we're starting from this morning, that the, the perfect work relationship doesn't revolve around the possibility of you getting rid of all the people that you don't like. <laughs> All right, there is a healthy way to have good relationships at work, even when you don't necessarily like the people that you work with and so we're going to start there this morning, and we're going to talk about how that what that looks like as a believer and uh, and I'll tell you something. it has more to do with your heart and your attitude than uh, those people leaving okay so as as we go through this this process. Um, I want us to just humbly come to the scriptures this morning and see what God has to say about how we work and about how we operate and about what our responsibility is. And I will say this, there are still going to be different, difficult people in your life. There are going to still be challenging relationships that you deal with, uh, with people at work, and um, and Nothing is going to change on that front necessarily, maybe, but if your attitude is right and your heart is right, then, then you can still find joy in the midst of that struggle. Um, I also want to address the fact that not all of you are in the workplace right now. Some of you are at home raising children, and I, I want you to know that there's still plenty in this passage of Scripture that you can apply to your life and uh, maybe it'll help you understand the role that, that your spouse is in or, or whatever that might be at this point in your life as well. Um, I'm also going to talk about how the workplace maybe affects our families and, and what it's like to try to juggle all of that, because that can be a balance, that can be a challenge. So let's turn to the book of Colossians this morning in chapter three, and we're going to start at verse 22, um, and here's what It says, Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by a way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. And whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong that he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. All right, so we started out this particular passage of scripture, and he he uses this word bondservant. Um, Now, I want us to have a little bit of an understanding when we're reading this what a bondservant is. Essentially, it's a slave. All right, um, Now there are different types of slavery that are referenced uh, in Scripture. Um, and, and oftentimes a, a bond servant uh, would be somebody who would willingly um, submit themselves to slavery to their master or to, to be part of their household as a servant in that way. Um, There were other times where um, they would be um, forced maybe into that position, whether it was due to financial difficulty or or something else. Um, But this is not like the ideal situation, right? This is not... Not like the best job of my life, the one that I've waited for all my life and I'm coming to this job. This is not what scripture is talking about here. This is a difficult situation. This is a hardship in in many ways. And I want us to understand a couple of things before we jump into this passage so I don't get emails in the morning. Uh, First of all, (laughs) the Bible is not endorsing slavery here. Okay, I want you to know that. It's not saying that, that slavery is a good thing or a healthy thing. It's a reality in the time that that, um, Peter and Paul both addressed this particular issue. It's a reality to many. And and here's what's cool about this. Many of the people that were coming to know Christ in the first century were slaves. So they're writing to this, addressing this issue, knowing that this is the reality of the situation, not saying that it's right or it's wrong, uh, particularly in this passage. And then I also want us to understand that there's a difference between What we kind of think of it in slavery as what happened in the 19th century in the United States, it's very different than what was happening here in the first century. But you know what? It's still slavery and it's still kind of ugly. It's still not a good situation. And even one of the the books of the Bible was written, uh, the book of Philemon was written to uh, Philemon, who was a master of this slave Onesimus, and it was, Paul was writing on the slave's behalf to this master. So there's, there is this issue and there is this challenge. And, and here's what I want us to understand. The gospel was actually the catalyst that shapes our view on slavery today and the idea that human life has value and that it doesn't matter what your social position is. In fact, if we read earlier in this chapter, I want to read this verse because I think it it gives us some perspective in this. This is verse 11 from Colossians chapter 3. Paul says, Here there is no Greek, nor Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. So in other words... Paul is addressing the relationship between slave and master but he's saying in Christ there's no division of like well there's this category of master and slave there's so there's no social classes within the body of Christ we're all just children of God right and so that foundational principle i believe is inherent to what we believe today that that slavery has no place in this country and And thankfully, it was abolished 150 years ago now. And I think we're in a much better place. And those were Christian values that set us up for that. So we need to have that understanding before we get into this today. But I think there are still principles in this passage that can apply to the way that we work today. Because um, those same principles apply to the job that you work voluntarily that applied to slaves working in their particular job, out of duty and responsibility. So here are some things we can learn from this passage. First of all, you need to work hard. Work hard. No matter what job you're working, you have a responsibility to give an effort that God would be satisfied with. Now, this is amplified by the fact that, that Paul is talking to a slave working for his master. He says that even in a bad situation, you have a responsibility to work hard because you're not working for a person, you're doing it for the Lord. You're working for him. Paul says not by way of eye service. In other words, just because you can make it look like you're working doesn't mean that you actually are. Right? Now that is a tough thing to swallow sometimes. Can I tell you something? When you genuinely work hard, your paycheck is not your reward. Paul says that you'll receive an inheritance as your reward. Now, I don't know about you, but I would rather work so that God is my rewarder rather than any man, right? And no matter what job you have, no matter what you're doing, you can take those principles and apply that to that situation. You can say, I'm going to work hard because it doesn't matter who's paying my check. God is my provider. I'm trusting in him. And and the promise that he's given me is far greater than anything the world could offer me. Now, I think that's contrary to what our world is presenting today. Have any of you heard of the Act Your Wage movement? Right, this is something that's going around right now. This is the idea. You should only give your employer what they are, what they are paying for. Now, um, there are, I think there are parts of this philosophy that, that are good. I, I think it's good to advocate for yourself and to have healthy boundaries at work. I think it's important that uh, employers shouldn't demand what they aren't willing to pay for it, and and that makes sense to some extent. However, if your attitude is, I'm not doing anything beyond the bare minimum, you're not only making yourself dispensable to, to your employer, but you're severely limiting your opportunity for advancement as well. And frankly, your attitude stinks. Okay. (laughs) Right. I mean, if that's where you're at, if you're like, listen, I'm getting paid for nine to five and once five o'clock hits, you know, that's it. And I'm done. Listen, it's okay to have those boundaries to go home and leave your work at work. And I, and I think that's, that's a great quality to have. But at the same time, like anywhere that you're placed, you should want to flourish. You should want your business that you're working for to flourish because you're there. In fact, God has given that, put that inside of you, that the effort that you put into that job is going to be a benefit and a blessing to them, and you're going to be a representation of Christ to the people that you work for as well. So if the bare minimum is all that you're willing to give, um, I, I think your attitude stinks, right? So what does it look like to work hard? Well, there are a lot of different things that maybe this could encompass, but I'll give you a few ideas of things uh, that I thought of. First of all, show up on time. Oh my goodness. Like, Like when you have a job and you have a responsibility to something, show up on time. You know what? You respect other people's time by showing up on time. And if you're a manager in here or a business owner and you have people that work for you, I know that nothing is more frustrating than when people don't respect and honor your time by showing up on time as well. So whatever position you're in, you show honor to other people by valuing their time as well and by being faithful with that. Um, here's another one. Respect your employer's time. Listen, it's, it's okay to have fun at work. Um, I, I think you are a more productive human being when you enjoy your time at work. And so you should have social interaction with your coworkers, you should get along with people, you should be able to have fun, but you should still be able to do your job effectively. Right, and you shouldn't waste that time. It's okay to have fun at work as long as you're working. Right, as long as you're doing something productive. If you're being paid to be there for that time, then make yourself useful in that time. Here's, here's another one. Show that you care about the work that you do, right? Don't just do the minimum that can get by that will keep you employed, but rather put effort and value into, into the work that you do so that you're benefiting the people that you work for. Um, be flexible. You know, one of the greatest gifts that you can give your boss is to be flexible and to be able to work when, when situations and circumstances change. Sometimes things come up that, um, that maybe they should have been prepared for and, and now, you know, you're being asked to do more. And, and sometimes it's okay to say, okay, listen, uh, here's my boundary, here's what I'm available to do. Other times, be a little bit flexible and allow yourself to kind of work within that situation. Um, How about this one? Helping your teammates succeed. Helping your teammates succeed. Uh, You know, you probably won't get any credit for it. You probably, um, it will probably take you more time to help somebody else in the process, Uh, but the relationships and the friendships that, that you experience by coming alongside someone, encouraging them and helping them and showing them the ropes in, in something, uh, those will be worthwhile. Those will benefit you later on in life. And, and even if not, God promises his inheritance. He promises his blessing as a result when we work hard. So it's important to, have, to, to work hard, but then it's also important to have good relationships in your workplace, Right? And, and that can be a challenging thing, especially with this next relationship that we're going to talk about—how to have a healthy relationship with your boss. Whoo! Now, some of you are thinking, "Listen, you don't know my boss, Paul. <laughs> like, I mean, he or she is a pain in the butt, right? Like, I don't—I can't even stand to be in their presence for 15 minutes." Um, well, let me just give you some guidelines, and I believe that these are are Um, godly scriptural guidelines. The first one is to respect and honor those who are in authority over you. Uh, I've I've read a lot about uh, honoring authority in scripture. You know why? Because it's in there a lot, right? And you know what caveat is never given in these passages that talk about honoring authority? Well, if I really like them or they're really a great person, then I'll honor them. It never says that in scripture, Right? In fact, um, one, of the, one of the passages that I was just reading the other day in, in the book of First Peter, it's talking about honoring the emperor. Now, Peter's writing about honoring an emperor that was an absolute psychopath. Like He murdered Christians. His name is Nero. If you want to do some, some historical research and learn about this guy, he was a nutcase. right? And Peter's saying, because he's in this position, he still gets honor. And sometimes you're going to be in a position where you're going to feel like the person that you're honoring doesn't deserve any honor at all. And you know what? The Lord says, do it anyway, right? Because their authority, their position comes from the Lord. Um, So respect and honor those who are in authority over you. Second thing is to remember that they're human too. You know, I, Just because they're in a higher position than you and they're in authority over you doesn't mean that they're not a normal person with normal problems who are going through things in life that are hard and challenging and difficult just like you are. And what they're going through in their personal life will often affect how they act at work. Um, The other day I was was refereeing a soccer game and one of the coaches came up to us before the game and um, one of the other referees on our crew had Worked at that school a couple of weeks ago, and he, he came up to him and he's like, I, I just want to apologize for the, the way that I acted a couple of weeks ago. He's like, you, you probably didn't know this, but um, my dog got hit by a car the day of the game. He's like, And, and the dog died in my arms that morning, and I, I, I took it all out on you. And you know, it was like it was like one of those moments. He he was like, yeah, he was a jerk that day. Like, but when you hear the circumstances that are going on in someone's life, and you know what they're going through, sometimes you can have a little bit more compassion or empathy uh, for uh, what they're going through. And when you care about people, the relationship gets better. When you see them as a human being rather than a position, you see them as a person that God loves and God cares about. You can treat them differently. You can love them differently as a result. And then the third thing uh, that I want to mention is that perseverance pays off. You know, respect and trust are something that's earned. Uh, I mentioned mentioned earlier that uh, Pastor Michael's been a part of our team here for seven years now. And for those of you who know us both, we are very different people. We have different interests, we have different personalities, um, but we do agree on two things. We love Jesus, and we love his church. And uh, over the past seven years, Pastor Michael has served our church. He's gone way beyond, he's gone the extra mile many times, and he's honored me as as pastor. He's been faithful with the calling that, that God has given to him. And as a result, when Pastor Michael shares his opinions at our staff meetings... I listen to him because even though we see things differently, sometimes, uh, he's earned my trust and I'm often willing to try something that I wouldn't normally think is a good idea because I trust his judgment and and that type of relationship doesn't happen overnight. And some of you are maybe in positions right now, you're, you're in conflict with the boss and it's going to take time for them, for you to earn their trust and their respect And you need to just continue to be faithful and persistent and and doing everything that you can. And listen, there will be situations where you work for someone who has no integrity, who treats you unfairly, who takes advantage of you. And sometimes the best thing that you can do is leave. But other times, um, maybe you need to earn that trust so that that over that time, as you build that relationship, that they'll learn to trust you a little bit more and you can have more influence and you can, you can earn that respect from them as well. Now, I will say this, you should never do something immoral because uh, your boss tells you to do that. And there are situations where, frankly, you need to be willing to quit your job, right? If they're asking you to do something that, that you know is wrong and that. It, or that is immoral, or that is um, illegal, or something like that. And, and you need to have the confidence to say, God is my provider, and this job is not. And, and I'm gonna trust God, and I'm gonna be willing to walk away from a situation um, that I know is wrong. But that's, that's not always the case, and sometimes you just need to be patient. Uh, now, I, I, I do have one story um, in my life where uh, I had a. I worked at a shoe store in college, and I worked there for six years. And uh, by the time I was done, I ended up going from that job to being a pastor. I was an assistant manager um, when when I quit that job. Uh, but one of my managers that I was working for, uh, we found out that he was he was s- stealing from the company. He was clocking in an employee. Um, that he was in a relationship with um, that, uh, they weren't, when they weren't there. So he was basically recording shifts that, that this person wasn't present for. And so one of the other assistant managers figured it out and reported him, but the company didn't have enough evidence to fire him. And so we all had this awkward situation of knowing that our manager was a dishonest person and still having to work for him. And that was really uncomfortable for me. Like, I mean, I was really frustrated by the situation and and time went on and about a month and a half later, they actually found a reason uh, to let him go. Um, And during that time, even though I had very little respect for him, I was still respectful and I still worked hard. And years later, after I became a pastor, uh, I, I saw a message from this guy on Facebook and he had visited a church for a baptism service. And uh, he started asking me questions about God. And so we had this conversation back and forth on Facebook Messenger. And I was able to share the gospel with him. I, I mean, it was incredible. And, and, you know, I'm not sure if he ever gave his heart to the Lord. I'm still praying to this day that he does. Uh, but I never would have had that opportunity if, if I had um, just completely pushed aside the relationship. And even though he was wrong and what he was doing was sinful, um, we have to understand that we work with sinful people all the time and that their, their, um, their idea of what's right and what's wrong maybe conflicts with what we believe. And, and, and we need to do our best to hang on to those relationships because those people need Jesus too. And whether they're uh, in a position of authority or not, we have an opportunity to give them the hope of a savior as well. Second thing I want to talk about is having healthy relationships with your coworkers, um, your peers at work. Now, uh, first thing that, that I want to suggest is that you think of your coworkers as teammates, not competitors. Now, that's not always the easiest thing in the world. Sometimes um, when you're, especially when you're in a competitive environment, maybe it's a, a sales environment, like you can, you can look at the people that are next to you and think, well, I want this opportunity and I want this advancement and for me to get that, then they have to be pushed down. And I would challenge that, that thought process. If that's the way that you're approaching things, uh, you're probably missing it a little bit. And, and the same thing applies to the way that you relate to a boss. You need to care about them as people not just co-workers. Now, your peers at work um, might be your best opportunity to reach someone for Christ. Right? They're the people in your life that are, are forced to be there with you, right? They're a captive audience, and you have an opportunity to share the love of Christ with them every single day. Um, and if we love people like Christ loves them, then we can love people even when they're annoying, Now, I've worked with some annoying people in the past and and I've had some, some frustrating uh, relationships at, at a job and that's never easy, right? It's like they can, they can just make your day difficult, right? You, you walk in thinking, oh, how can I avoid this, this person today? But if we change our mindset from, like, I have to endure this to. I have an opportunity. I have a mission. I have an assignment from the Lord. He's placed me in these people's lives for a purpose and for a reason. And if we have that heart and that attitude, then, then we're going um, to look at them differently. We're going to view them like Christ views them. The other thing I'll say is don't expect unbelievers to act like believers. Like, there are some people that do some stupid things. You know what? They need Jesus. They need Jesus. And, and we need to get past this idea that, that unbelievers should act like Christians. right? Let's let the Holy Spirit do that work in their life after they come to know Christ. It's, it's our responsibility to point them to the Savior rather than to correct their behavior. Have you ever had a coworker that uh, just doesn't pull their weight? Yeah. I'll tell you right now, that is one of the most frustrating things in the entire world. When you're working with someone and you're working alongside them and, and you're supposed to be doing the same job and they're not doing their job, which means your job is twice as difficult, Oh, that is hard, right? I had a, a situation a number of years ago, uh, the church I was working at where um, one, of the, one of the other pastors on staff... Um, our jobs intersected a lot and, and we worked together a lot and it always ended up that I, I ended up doing his job a lot of the time. That was incredibly frustrating and I would go home and I would vent to Laura, like, this situation is just crazy. Like, I'm doing two jobs right now and getting paid for one half of them, right? <laughs> uh, and, I mean, it was in, it was incredibly frustrating and it was disappointing. Uh, but I, I just kept doing this and serving because I loved our church. And I wanted our church to succeed. And I wanted our church to reach people. And so I, I kept going in this process and maybe covering for him in, in a lot of instances. And eventually, uh, the, the lead pastor that was there retired, and we had an interim pastor come in. And he was let like, go, oh, and, and I was promoted. And um, one of the things that he said to me was that we know that you've been pulling more than your weight, that you've been doing a lot of this other person's work for this time. um, And we want to reward you for that as a result. Um, And it was in that moment that it was like, you know, it it, it paid off. But there were a lot of times where I thought, I'm just going to let him fail. (laughs) Right? And, And you know what? You've probably been in that situation before too. Like, If I don't help this person out, they're going to fall on their face and they deserve it. And you know what? That might be true. Maybe they do deserve it. But listen, God's going to honor. If God is your rewarder, if God is the one that you're trusting in, if his inheritance is what you're seeking after, then you're willing to do a little bit extra to serve others as well. Last relationship is have a healthy relationship with your employees. Maybe if you're a business owner or you're in a management position, you have people working under you. Colossians 4.1, this end of this passage that we just read, speaks to you. It says, Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now, here's what's interesting about this. This language that he uses here is very similar to the language from Ephesians chapter 5 that's talking about marriages. He tells wives to submit to their husbands, and then he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the the church. And I know that idea of like submission makes some people bristle a little bit. It's like, I don't like that word. (laughs) But what we actually read in Scripture is that the greater burden... It is often given to the one who's being submitted to. In other words, um, employees, slaves, your job is to work hard and do your job. Masters and employees, your job is to reflect your boss, who is perfect, by the way, <laughs> and who gave his son as a sacrifice for you. Right, that can be a heavy burden. So it, it's not that um, it's not the person in charge here is getting off the hook easy. Rather, it's to reflect our Heavenly Father who is generous, who is loving, who laid down his own son as a sacrifice for us. You know, if you have people that are, are working for you, um, you have a choice. You can be a blessing to them. Or you can be a pain in their side, right? You can reflect the love of Christ to them, and and, and doesn't even have to be. Uh, maybe it's just people are are serving under you in a in a volunteer capacity. Maybe you're um, leading a ministry and and you have people that that are working with you on that team. Um, whatever your responsibility is, if you are in find yourself in that position of authority, there's a responsibility and a weight that comes with that position. And God will honor it when, when we're faithful with that, when we love people like he loves people. You know, um, I, uh, I, I gotta be completely honest. Like I, I just don't have any idea how to close this message this morning. Uh, and uh, as I was writing it, I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, something's going to come to me. Uh, but, and I can't say that it has. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, here's what I want to do this morning. Uh, I just want to just pray over you and the relationships that you have. Maybe our worship team can come up and, and we can and close with a with time of worship this morning. But let's just ask the Lord to help us in our workplace. You know your workplace can, can create stress in every area of your life. In fact, oftentimes what happens, what goes on at work can carry into our lives at home and it can create more stress and more frustration as well. And we need God to be present in our lives as we work. And so maybe the, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you this morning, whether it's, it's uh, something that Maybe you need to improve with your attitude. Maybe you need to head to work with a different mindset. Say, I'm going to serve people. I'm going I'm to honor my, my boss. I'm going to um, uh, honor those who are in authority over me. Maybe it's that uh, you've been a little bit lazy lately. And the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, you can do better. You can give more. You can be more faithful with the time that, that God has given you. Um. Maybe it's a relationship that you're struggling with, whether it's a superior, somebody that's in that's authority over you, somebody that's under you, or maybe it's a, a coworker, a peer as well. And the Holy Spirit is, is speaking to you and saying, listen, I love that person, and you should too. You should show them Christ's love as well. So I'm going to just pray, and I'll let the Holy Spirit speak to you and then we'll close with a song this morning. Heavenly Father, we we thank you that you care about us and that you care about other people. Lord that the relationships that we have with our coworkers are opportunities to show your love to the world around us. Help us to be diligent in our work. Help us to be faithful in, in the job, and the tasks that you've given to us. Lord, help us to have that heart, that attitude that we're not doing this for man's approval. We're not doing this for a promotion. We're not doing this for a paycheck. We're doing it to honor you. In every area of our lives, Lord, we surrender that area to you, God. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling right now with, with work and life and trying to balance and juggle those things. Lord, help us to find peace in the midst of that. And Lord, we, we just, uh, we give you our workplace. God, may it be a mission field. May the lives be transformed as a result of our presence there. May our businesses that we work for be blessed because they hired godly people. Lord, help us to be humble in everything that we do, to submit ourselves to you, to your plan, in Jesus' name.